90s because we got really cool things, right? Yeah. We got shows like Home Improvement. Y'all remember the Tim, yeah. Tim the Tool Man Taylor? Yeah. What did he say? Something like that, right? We had Teenage Ninja Mutant Turtles came out on the scene. Okay, I got some early 90s babies. You know, we had shows like Friends. We had movies like Clueless that gave us As If, right? And that was just some of the cool things. We, do y'all remember Booyah? That came out in the 90s. And, what, and you still say, well, let me tell you one that I still say. You ready? I say it all the time. Stop tripping. Can y'all just say that with me? Stop tripping. And I love that saying so much, and I still say it so much, you be tripping, why you tripping, stop tripping, that I named my sermon today, Stop Tripping and Start Transforming. Can y'all say that? Stop tripping and start transforming. I want to hit you with the verse real quick, and then we're going to pray and we're going to jump in. Romans 8, 1 says this. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We're going to leave with that. Lord God, we just thank you so much for this message. We thank you for giving us the tools to be able to present messages like this to reach hearts, God, for the people who may have never walked into church today, God. But we just give you thanks for all the ways that you are using us to spread your word and your gospel. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me tell you something. Boy bands. How many of y'all were boy band fans? Woo! Okay, I chose a Backstreet Boys song, but I'm gonna be completely honest with you. I was more of a boys to men boy band fan. Okay, I knew y'all knew that. And here's what's super cool. I did not even know that I would be the one bringing the message for 90s Sunday during playlist. But if you know me, something about me, I love to resell shop. Oh, you know it. You know it all the time. That's what I talk about. It's my passion. I love to go dig in and buy stuff and just all resale, goodwill. I don't care. And I come across something, oh my goodness, like over a month ago. And I said, you know, I don't know why, but I feel like I should buy this. It's like a whole kit. It was 99 cents. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to get it. So I'm going to kind of show you what I bought today. I came across a whole Backstreet Boys Fan Club Kit. I didn't even know I was being up here preaching. I didn't know the song. But something led me and said, buy that. That's a good investment. And this is just part of it. It came with like a whole photo album of them. It came with like all their bios and their stats and like what they eat for breakfast. I mean, it's like for the people who are real deal Backstreet Boys fans. And I want to talk about that just again in a second. But first, I want to go right in. If you've got your notes, hold them up. Y'all got that paper? If you don't. You should run out and get you one because I got lots of good stuff going down today. But before I get started on the first note, y'all want to know what this is for? Where's my waiter? Just kidding. Nobody's coming. Okay, so this bell, I love a little bit of shout back. I love a little reverb. Give it back to me. You can shout amen if you want, if you hear it. And here's another saying from the 90s that I'm going to rely on you guys today. Y'all ready? Anytime you hear this bell, I want to hear aight. All right. So anytime I hit that bell, I want you to bounce me back. Because it ain't got to be an amen to raise our voices to the Lord. Isn't that right? 
Now y'all got it. All right, pull out your notes. And I want to get started. We're going to base this whole message just off the chorus of that song. I believe it's the chorus. I don't think it's the verse. I'm not on the worship team. Sue me if it's wrong. I'm pretty sure it's the chorus. But it says, I don't care who you are, where you're from, what you did, as long as you love me. That will preach to you right there. That will preach to you right there. So we're going to kick off in your notes. I want you to write this down. Am I a fan or am I a follower? Am I a fan of Jesus Christ or am I a follower of Jesus Christ? Because there is a difference. You can be a fan of the Backstreet Boys and like their music, but then you can be a follower and need to know what they eat for breakfast. And I'm going to tell you, in this thing, it was given all kinds of information. I was like, I don't want to know that. That's way personal. But there is a difference between a fan and a follower. So I'm going to give you the definition of this if you want to write it down or it'll be up on the screen. A fan is somebody who has an admiration of something. You just like it. You can be a fan of a certain style of music. You can be a fan of Italian food. But you just have an admiration of something. Now, there's something that can go on the tail end of that word that actually comes out fanatic. And it's a little bit different than just being a fan. The actual definition of fanatic says a strong enthusiast for something. So you can be a fan of the music, but you can be a strong enthusiast for knowing their concert schedule, where they're going to be next, the latest t-shirt, when the new tour is dropping out. You can be the crazy fan. And I, when I think fanatic, I think the fan at the games. They've got the paint on. they got the finger. They're tailgating. To me, that's a fanatic, right? All right. But then here's the difference. Being a follower. This is what the definition says. A follower is one who adopts beliefs, adopts the attitudes, and adopts the values of another or something else. So see, you can be a fan of Jesus, right? You can say, oh, you know what? He does good things. He's a good person. You know, I would rather choose heaven over hell. I'm a fan, right? But then as a follower, I want you to think about this. Are you a fan or a follower? Because a follower is going to adopt the beliefs of Jesus Christ and the word of God. It's going to adopt the attitudes. And it's going to adopt the values. That is the difference between a fan or a follower. So I just want you to write down, right beside your notes, right now, be a, to yourself, admit, am I a fan or a follower? And we're going to kind of talk about transformation, that stop tripping and start transformation right now. And I want to talk about three people and their transformation in the word of God. The first one is Paul, who was once Saul. How many of y'all know who Paul is in the Bible? Okay. Some of you do, some of you don't, some of you may know a little tidbit, but I want to dig into this and Paul's transformation and what he was like before and after. And see, we see Paul, we're like, hey, this dude, that was another word of the 90s, dude. This dude wrote like 13, 14 books of the Bible. You know, he was so inspired by the word of God. We get like the love chapter, love is patient, love is kind. We get God is able. We get all these amazing scriptures that he put to paper but let's think about who he was before his transformation. 
Because you might be finding yourself in a place right now where you haven't had your decade of transformation yet. Maybe you are just now getting to the cusp of something changing in your life. So I want to read this story for you, and it's in Acts 9. I think the scripture's up there, but it's not going to give you the whole thing. I'm going to read it to you, and if y'all are okay, I'm going to hold my notes because it is long, but I want you to get into the story. I want you to understand what Paul was like before. Paul was a murderer of Christians. Transformation, hello? Not only was he, maybe he wasn't the one actually doing the killing, but he was the one calling the shots. He would have people arrested, men and women, carried off to prison, carried off to their death just for following, like we said, adopting the beliefs. Just for adopting the beliefs and just for being a follower. So I want to read this to you. And you know, I got to say this. I wasn't going to say it, but I'm going to. You know, when I think of Paul, honestly, and how he called the shots and all the devious and dirty work that he did in the back, it reminds me of, like, do y'all remember that movie, Goodfellas? Come on, guilty pleasure. Another 90s movie. It reminds me of, like, the mob boss back in the, in the corner in the restaurant just giving the nod. Right? Like, yeah, Hudson River. Okay, that's kind of how I feel like Paul was. Paul's like, mm-hmm, get him out of here, right? And for lack of a better word, this is going to sting. Don't be offended. He was a terrorist. People feared him. They saw him coming, and they ran. But that was before right? Before transformation. So I want to read this to you. Acts 9. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats, as we just established, against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priests and he asked them for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found anyone there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, that he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. I want to stop there for just a second. He went to the high priest and he asked for a letter. Back in the day, in the Bible times, if you were going to be like crossing into somebody else's territory or somebody else's kingdom, like you had to have a letter of like intent. Like you had to have permission, a letter. You had to say, hey, you can't stop me. I can go through. I have a letter from the king. Okay. So he went to the high priest and he said, hey, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to go to Damascus. But what I would like to do, I'd like to arrest a few people on the way. If I come across any followers of Jesus, I'd like to take them in. So could you just give me a letter and just okay that and stamp it and seal it? He wanted to stop what he was doing on his way to his own business to arrest people. So I'm going to keep going. As he neared Damascus on his road, here's where we start seeing transformation. Suddenly, a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground, and he heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? I love this part. Who are you, Lord? He's already saying Lord and doesn't even know. Who are you, Lord, Saul said. I am Jesus, the one that you're persecuting. Now get up, go into the city, and you're going to be told what to do. He was blinded, right? The Lord just blinded him. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound, but they didn't see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he couldn't see anything. So they had to lead him by hand 
all the way into Damascus. He's completely blinded by the light, right? For three days he was blind. He didn't eat anything. He didn't drink anything. He's tripping. He's tripping. Can you imagine? Put yourself in that place. The Lord has just, you're arresting people on behalf of what the Lord is doing through Jesus. And then the Lord himself has blinded you and said, hold up, hold up. But this is where it gets so good, guys. It gets so good. It says for three days he was blind. He didn't eat or drink anything. But in Damascus, this is where we see the Lord is working ahead of him. The Lord's already started something. Transformation is coming. we got to be patient for a second. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision. Ananias? Yes, Lord. Can I just stop there for just a second? When you are a follower and your life is changing to know the voice of God, as soon as he calls your name, yes, Lord. The more you know him, the more you transform your relationship to him, the more better you're going to know his name. So when he says, Carla, what are you going to say? Yes, Lord. All right. I'm sorry. I said that wrong. All right. So the Lord told him, I want you to go to the house in Judas on Straight Street, and I want you to ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, because his name was Saul before Paul, right? He is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Mm, This is us. Here we go. This is what Ananias said. Lord, I don't know about that. How many times do we do that, right? We don't trust. We're just a fan of what God tells us to do and what we should do. But we're not following what God tells us we should do. Amen? He says, Lord, I don't know. I've heard a lot of reports about this man and all the harm that he's doing to your people in Jerusalem. He has actually came here. He's telling God this, like God doesn't know. He has actually came here with a letter saying that from the priest that he can arrest anyone who calls on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, go. This man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles, their kings, the people of Israel. I will show him how to suffer much in my name. And I want to stop there for just a second. He says, God says, this man is my chosen instrument. And let's go back to the chorus of that song. I don't care who you are. Paul, who's carrying a letter, giving him permission to arrest people and to send them to their death in prison. God still says, I know this man's a murderer. Maybe he's not the one doing the killing, but guess what? Blood is still on his hands, right? But he's my chosen instrument. You are God's chosen instrument. I don't care who you are. You were born with a purpose. You were born with a plan. And you have great things to be done in his name You are his instrument. I don't care who you are. Maybe you're sitting here going, you know what? I've done some bad stuff. Maybe I never killed anybody. But I've done some stuff. You just don't even know. I can't let go of it. Guess what? You're God's instrument. Know that about yourself. Nobody else can play the tune that you can play. 
Nobody else can produce the things that you can produce when God is using you as his instrument. Amen. Oh, my goodness, Lord God, thank you. Then Ananias went to the house. He entered it. He placed his hands on Saul, and he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, it says something like scales. Scales fall off of his eyes, and he begins to see again. He begins to see. And, you know, my prayer for you this morning is that you understand you are so destined to be used by God. He doesn't care who you are. He doesn't care who you are because he knit you in your mother's womb, remember? Like he created you. He knows your every being. He wants to use you in the ways that he has already planned for you. So my prayer is that you will just let the scales fall off of your eyes today and that, see, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter who you are. It says... He got up, was baptized, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. Got up. He got up. In fact, he got up is in that same chapter three other times. Guess what? The Lord blinded him. He had to get up. He had to get up to be led back to Damascus. He was found by Ananias praying, so he had to get up off of his knees. And then after the scales are removed from his eyes, he got up. Somebody in here today needs to get up. Amen? Somebody in here, you need to get up because you cannot be used unless you get up. Get out of this, this lost place of, you know what? I, I did this. Oh, Lord. You just don't even know what I did. But I can't. I cannot. You know, I love church. I love church. You are a fan. I read my Bible. I go to small group. But are you a follower? Are you adopting the values? Are you adopting his principles, the beliefs? And you know what? I, you know what? Maybe you say, Pastor, you're coming in a little hard today. You're a little hot. You know what? I'm going to tell you something. I can't do nothing but give you hard truth. Because if I don't give you the truth, then I'm standing up here as a false prophet and blood is on my hands and I am no better than Paul. I cannot let you leave here without knowing the truth. Then there is blood on my hands. You got to get up. All right. You know, I got to tell you something. And giving you that kind of transformational where I was in the 90s, there was like this, um, this little time period. Some of y'all know some of my testimony. I'm not going to share a whole lot of it today. But there was, there was this time period between right after high school to right before I got married that this, this time period, I kind of went a little cray-cray, okay? I went a little cray-cray. I was doing a lot of things I shouldn't. I did a lot of things I shouldn't. I, I, I found my place, myself in places I shouldn't have been. I was doing things that I shouldn't have done. I got into a lot of trouble. But you know what? That was my transformation period. It was, di it was during that little small amount of time that I got on my knees and I said, Lord, you know what? I love you. I love you. I've been raised in church all my life. All my life. I know the Bible inside and out. But guess what? I've only been a fan. I have not been following you. 
and my life right now is in a place in a state that I do not like. It is nothing positive, but I know you can take me because I've seen you do it before. Maybe you've been taken before and you've been transformed. I said, Lord, take it. This life is yours. Transform me. And I'm telling you something. I had a plan to be God's instrument. Because had I not got on my knees and said, I want to follow your word, I would not be used right here, right now, today, guys. Look at yourself and say, where, where can God use me? He wants to transform you today. He wants, you got to stop tripping, say it. Stop tripping. You got to stop tripping. All right, I'm going to go down to second part of that chorus. I don't care where you're from. You can still be transformed. I don't care how you grew up. I don't care the location you grew up. I don't care if you, you came from a broken home. These are all real things. I'm not disregarding them. But these are excuses, too. These are excuses that stand in the gap between fan and follower. Amen? You can transform everything. Everything changes. Do you understand that? Everything changes. You know, back in the 90s, man, I thought it was cool. I thought it was so cool, y'all. I had this little thing that I would put, like, right there. But I would always make sure my shirt was tucked behind it so everybody could see it. So that when it went off, beep, 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 beep. Oh, wait, hold on. Hold on, I got to make a call. Y'all, I thought I was cool with that beeper. How many of y'all had a beeper? You had a pager. Mine was purple. But, man, I thought I was so cool. I felt important. But you know what? That beeper didn't last long, did it? Because it started to change. It started to transform. And before we knew it, we had moved into, like, a car phone. You remember the big ones that, like, you would sit in your car? Man, I used to hang out at the mall, and I would always go to this pizza shop and hang out because the guy that I thought was so fine, <laughs> so fine, had one of them big old car phones. He would walk into the pizza place under his arm and set it on the table. And I thought if I was in his presence... I was cool, too. But you know what? Even that didn't last long. It moved on to uh, the Nokia. Nokia, Nokia. How do you say that? You remember that? How many of y'all had one of those? You know you did. We were so cool. And those plans were so expensive to have that phone. But that didn't even last long. So as we're seeing the transformation of even like a physical item, maybe, maybe the communication gets easier, gets better. We've moved on to iPhones and and androids, and I got called the other night, Andrewed. You are Andrewed, because I love my Android, just saying. But now, we've moved on to something that's just completely hands-free. You just got to have the little things in your ears, what, AirPods, and you can talk hands-free. But here's the thing, transformation happens. Everything changes, and it's the same way with your relationship with the Lord. Guess what? It's going to start out right here, but, and it may not happen overnight, but it's going to transform. It's going to get better. The communication, just like now, everything's crystal clear, right, on your phones. Everything's crystal clear. When back, we had static. And just like Ananias was called out, he immediately, because the communication was so clear and his relationship was so good and transformation had already happened, he knew God's voice the minute he said his name. I ate. Not close enough to my bell. 
I want to talk about this, the second person. This is Nicodemus. Everybody say Nicodemus. Not Nicoderm, Nicodemus. Maybe you know a little bit about Nicodemus. Maybe you don't know. And I'm just going to go through this story briefly, but I, there's something so significant about transformation in this story. And I want to read it to you. This is found in John 3. Nicodemus was a wealthy religious leader. In fact, he was a member of the Sanhedrin. And if y'all remember, this is the council that made the decision to put Jesus to death. He was on the council that made the decision to put Jesus to death. But here's the thing about Nicodemus. It's so unique. He was a fan. Even though he, was, he, he came from, he says, I don't care where you're from, right? He was from this council, this, this kind of um, clique of people against Jesus. But he was a fan. He was so intrigued by Jesus. He loved to watch him. He liked to see the miracles. He liked to watch the crowds. He loved to hear his teachings. He was a fan. But I want to read to you John 3. Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher that's come from God because nobody can perform the signs and wonders that you're doing. He's confessing, right? He says, I believe you. I believe you. Jesus replied, very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born again when they're old, Nicodemus said. And maybe you've heard this, this part of scripture before and you really just didn't kind of know the story or the, the pre or after of it, okay? How can someone be born again when they're old, Nicodemus said. Surely they can't enter a second time into the mother's womb to be born. How many of y'all have heard that, right? Jesus said, yeah, it's true. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless they're born of water and spirit. And I want you to write this down. Flesh gives birth to flesh. You have to transform out of the flesh. Because if you stay in the flesh, you're never going to be a follower of Jesus Christ. You understand what I'm saying? Flesh gives birth to to flesh. The longer you sit in the flesh, you're going to get nothing but flesh. Write that down. Flesh. Okay. Second, the spirit gives birth to the spirit. There's your redemption part. Write that down. Spirit gives birth to the spirit. If you are living your life with the spirit, everything that comes after is through the spirit. And we know that he only gives us good things. Amen. He only gives us good things. Then he goes on to say, you shouldn't be surprised at me saying that you have to be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be, Nicodemus said. And I'm going to skip down just a little bit because here's what's happening. Jesus is ministering to Nicodemus. He's basically giving him the Roman road. He is leading him to himself. We get so scared to tell others about Jesus. Can you imagine Jesus having to tell somebody about Jesus? Right? He is witnessing to Nicodemus because he knows Nicodemus has come to him and says, right now, Lord, I'm a fan. Right now, I'm a fan. Jesus knows, I got to make this one a follower. I'm going to skip on down. We're going to go to 15. It says, 
Everyone who believes may have eternal life to him. And then this is where we get the most popular probably scripture in the entire world that you've ever heard in your life, that you learned when you were in children's church, that your mama used to teach you, that your grandma used to pray over you, and it is John 3, 16. This was in the story of Nicodemus. How many of y'all knew that? This is in the story of Nicodemus. He says, write it down if you don't know it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. For whosoever believes in him. And I love this because it, it says believes. It doesn't say likes. It doesn't say is a fan of. It doesn't say because you think Jesus is good. No, it says who believes in him. There's your, there's your point. Right between fan and follower is the believe part. Amen? Whoever believes. And then I want you to write this down. Luke 9, 23. If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. And if you'll catch it in this, the very thing, first thing it says is, if anyone if anyone I don't care who you are I don't care where you're from if anyone John 3:16 emphasizes the believing part if you want to see transformation in your life if you want to make that shift from fan to follower you got to believe. So John 3.16 says, if you believe. And then Luke 9.23 focuses on the following. You have to follow. So you have to believe and you have to follow. Everybody say believe. Everybody say follow. The third person that I want to talk to you about today is you. You're the third person. You're the next one to be recorded in history. You do understand that. Just because you are not per se, your name is written in the word. Transformation is still happening. You are still making history. You are still be using as God's instrument. You know what? Think about it. These musicians, they come up here. They can't make music without their guitar. Right? They can't make music without the drums. They cannot be used as an instrument. God is using them as an instrument to play an instrument. Your gifts can be anything. And I'm going to go into the closing on you right here, right now. I don't care who you are, where you're from. And here's the last piece of that song. I don't care what you did. I don't care what you did. I don't care that you've denied me. I don't care uh, if you've committed a crime. I made you. I see what you're going to do for my glory, he says. I see the life change that's going to happen through you by me. Fan to follower. I don't care what you did, because let me tell you, if I had not taken that little moment in time, maybe this is your moment, maybe this is your before and after, if I had not taken that time and said, Lord, take me, use me, 
I don't know where I would be. I'd probably be in jail. That's the road I would, that was my road to Damascus. I was going the wrong way. And I'm going to close by asking you this question. I want you to write this down. I sent out a text message this week. About 20, 25 people or so. And I said, finish this sentence for me. Maybe that was you. I see a lot of faces in here that I sent that to. This text message said, by committing my life to Christ, I. And I just waited for an answer. I didn't tell them what I wanted. I didn't tell them how they should answer. Oh, this is what I'm looking for. No, no, no. By committing my life to Christ, I, I wanted them to think about it for a second. Okay. Committed my life to Christ. So I, what do I think? What has changed? How am I different? And you know, I even had people answer me back, I gotta think about that. Mm, I gotta think about that. And that's okay. I respect that honesty. I respect that honesty. But I want you to be able to answer right away by committing my life to Christ. I am saved, glory, hallelujah. By committing my life to Christ, I set down my wicked ways. But I want to read you some of the responses that I got. One said, by committing my life to Christ, I have finally learned to love others and finally myself. That's life change. That is transformation, guys. By committing my life to Christ, I have learned that I truly need to give my burdens to him. Amen. We can't carry that stuff. We're not created to carry that stuff, guys. We're not supposed to carry those stuff. By committing my life to Christ, I choose him above myself in all things. Woo! That's a follower. You got to take yourself out. Because we have to die to ourselves, right? We have to carry our cross every day. Our life is no longer ours. We live through him. By committing my life to Christ, I will never be alone again. Some of you are feeling alone. Maybe you're feeling alone in, in your job. You're feeling alone in your relationships. You're feeling alone, and you're in this place of, I can't get up. I'm stuck. But you can. You got to get up. You got to get up from this place where you are. And then this one, this one got me. Man, this one just to the heart said, by committing my life to Christ, woo, I will follow him no matter how much I fail him. That came from one of your mouths. It came from your hearts. But you know what? It came from mine. Man, the minute I heard that, I said, you know what, Lord? I am never going to be perfect. 
I'm going to fail over and over and over again. You're going to constantly have to pick me up, and I'm going to have to constantly get myself up out of this sadness or depression or hurt or feeling like a failure. But guess what? I'm going to continue to follow you, even though I just continue to fail you. But transformation happens. So I want you to write on your paper today, by committing my life to Christ, I have to fill it out right now. I'm going to close with one more scripture and then we're going to pray. Matthew 12, 20 says, A bruised reed he will not break and a smoldering wick he will not put out. Maybe you are in this place where you feel like you were in the dark, like your candle is going out. You know how a candle, when it runs out of wax, it's just struggling to stay lit. It's just struggling to stay lit. And if you don't know what a reed is, it's like a big blade of grass that flows like with the cattails near a river. They're so easily bruised. But the scripture says, he will not break you. He will not put you out. Let me pray with you today. Lord God, today, today we want to make that shift from fan to follower, Lord. We want to see the transformation We want to see you work in our lives. We want to see you use us to be your instruments to make changes in this dark world, Father. Use us as an inspiration to those who think their light is going out to show them there is a light that will never fade. We give you such glory and honor today. And I want want you to keep your, your eyes closed and your head bound, and I want to talk to somebody else today. Somebody here, somebody in this room, is in their in-between. Maybe you're like Nicodemus. He went to Jesus at night so that nobody saw him. Maybe you're kind of hiding your relationship with Jesus because you're scared to let people know that you're a follower. Maybe you just need that gentle nudge today. Maybe you're in a place where you just got to see transformation. You got to have the Lord make changes in your life. I'm talking to you. And I want to give you an opportunity to say yes, Lord, today. So if that is you, nobody's looking. Nobody's looking. I guarantee you right now everybody else is thinking about themselves and their relationship. But if that's you, if you want to say yes today, today's the day. This is your transformational decade. I want you to raise your hand. If you're ready. So you know what? I want change today. Today's the day. I got to thank you. I've got to go from fan to follower. I am not a follower and I need to be a follower. Thank you. Thank you. If everybody would just repeat after me in this prayer, Father God, we thank you for your son, Jesus. I ask you change my life today. Forgive my sins. Make me new transform me and I will do your will and I will be your instrument in Jesus mighty name everybody say amen can we just give it up give it up there were changes made today y'all this is so good as the band comes up I'm going to exit but I want you to remember he ain't done with you All right, all right. Let's give it up for Pastor Susan. Wow, what a good message. 
if you said that prayer for the very first time, I'm proud of you. I'm excited for you. There's something that happens when we go from being a band to a follower, and we take that big step of faith, and God just shows up right there. God walks with us, and he wants to take you on a spiritual journey for the rest of your life on earth and after earth. When we move into eternity, God wants to continue that journey of faith, and it starts right here, right now. So I'm so excited for you. The band is here with me. We're going to close with worship, but if you said that prayer for the first time, when you leave today, I'd love to give you a book. I'll be right at the door. I'd love to give you a book that talks about what does it look like to walk with God? What does that next step look like? And so I want to put that small little book in your hand. If you are here today, whether you are a, uh, a family member, we'll call you family if you've been around for a long time, or whether you're brand new, I want to encourage you uh, to, to sow a seed of faith financially into this ministry. I, I cannot tell you how much it means to me that you guys have continued to be faithful, that you've continued to partner with us and help us reach out and help people in this community. Seeing lives changed, I promise you every dollar that you put into the offering bucket today or online or by text, every single dollar is being used to change lives. That's our commitment. That's our hope that we can continue to do more and more. Somebody asked me, how, when are we going to do this, Pastor Sean? When are we going to do this? When are we going to do that? When are, when are we going to step into this area of ministry? My promise to you is that we'll continue to go and grow as fast as you give and serve. We have so much, so many things that God wants us to do that we believe we're going to do that. That's on the, that's on the, the list next. But we got to continue to just walk forward, help people make it through this season of struggle and um, it is a blessing that we get to do that together so I'm going to pray for you and then we're going to worship together as we close um, next week actually I want to remind you next week we'll continue this series you want to make sure and get your friends and family maybe your neighbor to come and join us somebody told me that Pastor Sean when you preach about uh, just to go ahead and give you the message title for next week it's lose yourself by Eminem somebody told me that I have to wear an undershirt and tie, dye my hair, cut my hair, dye my hair blonde. That's not going to happen. So <laughs> we are going to have a good time, though. You should know that for, for the last few weeks, we have had such a blast with this series. And uh, also you get a chance to win. And there are people every single week, people show up and say, you know what? I came to win those AirPods. I came to listen to this message specifically. So we love to see the series working and, and uh, reaching new people. So if you can share it and let other people know, that way we can get every person that needs to hear the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ within the sound of our voice, the voice of this church and the voice that God has given us. So let me pray for you. And uh, would you guys stand up on your feet as we prepare our hearts to worship? We are releasing just a little bit late today. And for those of you coming in for the next service, um, I love you guys. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that you've blessed us, that we can be a blessing in this community, that we can love the people around us, that we can love our friends, our family, our neighbors, and make a difference in their lives. We ask that you would multiply every gift so that transformation would come forth. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen.